You'll notice my voice is a little messed up. We were in Kansas. Uh, we were actually out in um, Liberal, Kansas. Anybody ever heard of Liberal, Kansas before? They actually have, if you're, if you're a fan of Wizard of Oz, they have the Dorothy House there. Um, it's a place where you can, you can take pictures with the, the uh, what are they, the, uh, what are they, Tin Man? Help me, help me. Tin Man, I don't even know. I watched it as a little kid. I think I might have fallen asleep, so I'm not sure. But uh, we, we were out in liberal Kansas, and they had this wind last Sunday, actually a Sunday, last Sunday, and this dust was blowing in the air, and it, it entered my throat. Okay, just so you know. So you're like, why is this guy talking like this? No, it's, it's just because of that. It's nothing else. Okay, don't get paranoid. But anyways, Luke chapter 10. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10 is where we're going to be based out of this morning. Uh, excited to be able to be here. Thank you, Reg, for allowing us to come here this morning, and he's been such a blessing, and, and um, so thankful to be able to be here and be able to, to share with you. We actually got in last night. We were able to uh, spend some time. Um, one of my wife's cousins goes to Grace College, and so we got to spend some time with her and be um, just around. We went to the boathouse. Did you ever hear the boathouse before? Went over to the boathouse last night with her and got to spend some time with her and, and got to see the Grace College campus a little bit more. And so it's just nice to uh, be able to be here. We love this. is a, it's a beautiful area here and so thankful to be able to come. Um, Pastor Reg did, and he didn't mention our table. I'd love for you to come to our table at the end. We, we, uh, we have several resources that we've developed over the years. We've been doing this ministry for um, about almost 13 years now. And just been and working at it was part time for a long time, and then we went full time uh, beginning in 2019. So during that time, we developed books. We have books for guys and girls um, that can be used as a small group study, a personal a study, or a one on one mentoring resource. We have one for single moms as well. Uh, we have children's books for fatherless children, motherless children, and orphan and foster care children. So come by and see some of those resources. We also have God is My Dad t-shirts and things like that. And we also have an app that we're redoing right now. It was in the app on Google Play Store. You might still be able to find it, but we're actually redeveloping it because we want it to be better. And so we're trying to make put all kinds of more content on that and working on getting that, that developed. So that should be out soon. But if you'd like to stay in touch with our ministry and you'd like to learn more about it, um, you can text the number 66866, the word dad. Not 666, okay? We're not that kind of ministry, okay? 66866, okay? Text the word dad to 66866, and we will um, get you opted into our email list. And then you can find out how you can be helped or how you can help others as they go on their journey, or you can just stay in touch with our ministry. So 66866, text the word dad to that. Or you can sign up in a clipboard in the lobby, and you can do it the old school way. Either way, it's fine with us. We'd love for you to stay in touch with our ministry. But we are so excited to be here, to be able to encourage the fatherless families that are, that are present, the single moms, the grandparents raising grandkids, um, and also to help all of us do a better job of ministering to these families. Um, because many, you know, we, we all have a, what I like to call the circle of influence, okay? We all have a circle of influence around us. We have friends, we have family, we have coworkers, neighbors, and they're strategically placed in our circle of influence, right? Strategically. God put them there for a reason, right? And <clears throat> so maybe you have that that grandma uh, raising her grandkids in your neighborhood, or maybe you have that single mom you work with, or those fatherless kids in your family. I was at a church in Cincinnati a couple years ago, and this pastor um, got up after I was done speaking. He said, you know what? He said, I have a niece and a nephew that are fatherless. He said, I didn't think about it till now. 
Maybe that's you. I want to encourage you to think about the people that are around you. Maybe you're thinking, well, this, how does this affect me? How's fodlessness affect me? I don't even have, I'm not fodless. I'm not making my kids fodless. I want to encourage you to listen to the statistics in a few moments because fodlessness is affecting every single person in the United States of America. It's an, ap- an epidemic. It's, a, it's the number one social issue in our country. Before we do that, though, let's look at Luke chapter 10, verse 29. It says, but he willing to justify himself said unto Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And Jesus answering said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Very sad verse. This priest should have helped this guy. Verse 32 is just as sad. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But verse 33 encourages us, right? It says, But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him in his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence, and gave them to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him. And whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. This morning I want to give you three steps that every single one of us can take to reach the fatherless, the motherless, the hurting, the people around you that could use some hope, right? I'll give you three steps you can take. You know, I'm here to represent the fatherless. But the Holy Spirit could lead you to somebody else in your circle of influence that you know that God is calling you to reach. I want you to think about them this morning as you follow along in that that paper, those little handout in your bulletin. Follow along on that. You can can write in different names of people that God leads you to because the Holy Spirit will probably lead you to somebody this morning. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll dive into this. Heavenly Father, I thank you for allowing us to come here this morning, Lord. I thank you for the opportunity to be able to uh, connect with Pastor Reg, and I pray that you please just bless this service today, Lord. pray that you keep my throat from not being a distraction. I pray that you please just be glorified today. Speak through me. I pray to be from you, not from me. Rid me of myself, Lord. I pray that you'd speak to our hearts today. Speak to every single one of us in here about reaching the fatherless or the hurting for you. God, we love you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to be here. I pray if there's anyone in here this morning that's never trusted in Jesus as their Savior, I pray that they'd make that decision today. Help them understand it's the most important decision they could ever make. God, we love you. We ask and pray these things to you in Jesus' name. Amen. So three steps. The first thing is, the first step that you need to take, if you want to reach the hurting around you, the first step is you got to reject apathy. Reject apathy. I was in eighth grade, and my eighth grade teacher, I was one of those kids who used to get in trouble all the time in school. Anybody else like that? Raise your hand. Okay, I see your hand. She's like this. I don't, she doesn't want to raise her hand very much. Anybody else? Raise your hand. I, I, I want to see your hands. If you were used to get in trouble in school, I, okay, I, Pastor Reg, I, I, I figure probably. It's usually the pastors. They're the ones that used to get in trouble. But anyways, I, I used to get in trouble in school, and this teacher, um, he said, Sean, I need to talk to you. He said, you have been apathetic. And I looked at him. I said, I've never heard that word in my life. I didn't know what he's talking about. I didn't know what ap- apathetic meant. I didn't know what apathy meant. I'm like, what is this guy talking about? He said, he said, that means you don't care. And you don't care that you don't care. 
He was talking about eighth grade science. And I was like, yeah, you're correct. I don't care. I'm just kidding. I didn't say that to him, but I, I honestly didn't at the time. And, and you should. If you're in eighth grade, you should care about that. But I didn't care at the time about that. But I learned that day what apathy meant. And I've, I've, I've carried that with me through my life. And, and if you're a teacher in here, understand the things you say to your students, they, it catches, okay? Maybe the science didn't catch, but that caught, okay? And so I, they caught that. And, and I remember even walking through my adult life, and I've seen areas where I've been apathetic. And I've seen things where I'm like, well, I should care about this. You know, we see in this passage here and how the, the priest, he, he, was on, he was on a journey and he says, he, a chance came down a certain priest that way and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. He didn't care. He was on a journey. He was apathetic. He said, I don't have time for this guy. He let apathy control him. My teacher told me whenever he said about apathy, he says, he says it means you don't care that you don't care. He said, and that's sin. It is sin to not care about things that we should care about right? If God puts something on our heart to do something, we should care about it. Look at, the, look at the Levite. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. The Levite looked at him. He said, oh, okay, this guy's hurting. Nah, I don't have time for this. And he kept on walking. He kept on walking by. He kept on moving forward. He didn't really care. He didn't have time. He was apathetic. But 33 is where we're encouraged because this is the model that Jesus has given to us. Jesus is talking here, right? And it says, verse 33, it says, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. The Samaritan man, he said, no. He said, I'm not gonna be apathetic. He rejected apathy. And this is a model for us from Jesus Christ telling us how to handle the people that we come across on our journey, how to help them, what we can do for them, reaching out to them. I wanna encourage you to reject apathy about the people that are around you that could use some encouragement, could use some hope, that they could, you could use some help. Who are you thinking about today? Now, maybe you've been apathetic about a relative or a neighbor or a coworker. I wanna ask you, will you reject apathy going forward? Will you, will you move forward with a heart of compassion? Say, you know what, I'm gonna do something for these, these individuals that are around me. Now I'm gonna share some statistics with you and you saw my story, fatherlessness is, is part of my life and I'm not here for you to feel bad for me. I'm really not because God brought me through it. He really did. But there's millions of other kids out there, millions of other families out there that are going through the same thing or a similar situation, and they could use some hope. Before I share these statistics, though, I want you to understand that these are just statistics. These are just studies. If you're from a fatherless family, if you're a single mom or a grandparent raising grandkids or a single dad, or if you're a motherless individual or you're in a foster care situation, understand that these are just statistics. I'm here to testify that there's hope. You can overcome this through Jesus Christ. You don't have to become a statistic. I want to encourage you, though, to allow God to help you through these situations. Allow people to help you through these situations. You don't let pride control you from, I've seen some families where they're like, well, we can do this on our own. Let the local church help you. Let Christians come alongside you. Allow them to help you on your journey with dealing with your fatherless situation or whatever situation you're in. Or maybe it's not even related to that. You're hurting in some way. Let people help you. But also let people know that you're hurting that you're struggling, that you're going through something. Let them help you. But what's going on with these statistics, this is what's happened with people when they don't let anybody help them, whenever they let the world help them, when they don't have a church that they, they belong to, whenever they don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. First thing is crime. 85% of youth in prisons grew up in fatherless homes. 
80% of rapists motivated with anger issues come from fatherless homes. Of the 27 deadliest mass shootings, 26 of them were fatherless. Why is this? Because they're angry. They're growing up in a home where they don't have a dad there to teach them how to respect themselves, how to respect people around them, how to respect women, how to respect society, how to, how to live as a respectable person. And this is what happens. Dads often teach their boys how to channel that anger, channel that aggression. And when they don't have that, they act out in these ways or they get involved in what we call a gang. Or a lot of times it's not even a gang. It's just a group of friends that are in similar situations and they get together and then they end up getting in trouble. And they end up getting in these positions of, of going into a youth detention center or going into you know, committing a crime and, and then having the consequences from it. They, they do these things. A lot of times they didn't even mean to get in these situations. Now, I'm not excusing what they did, but they're there because they kind of fell into that situation. They need to own what they did, obviously. But what if they would have had a Christian mentor come alongside them? What if they would have had somebody that cared about them and went into their life and said, hey, I believe in you. I care about you. I love you. And that's why I'm here this morning to recruit you. Will you do something to help the people around you? Again, if you are from a fatherless family, you don't have to become this statistic. These are just studies that are happening with people that are not Christians. You know, maybe there are Christians involved in it, but they have not been sold out to Jesus Christ. You know, you can, you can overcome the situation, but also you as a Christian can help people, help them overcome. You can, you can help them on their, on their journey. Teen pregnancy, 71% of teen pregnancies come from fatherless homes. 71%. Maybe you think, well, I hate teen pregnancies. I, I, hate, I hate abortions. I, I'm, I'm annoyed whenever this happens. I can't stand it. Mentor a young girl before she has to make that choice of abortion. Mentor a young girl while she's making that decision and help her steer away from it. Help guide them on the path of making the choice to choose life. You know, some people try to tell me well, this is a certain, certain side of the uh, train tracks or a certain economic background or a certain race. As they try to tell us sometimes, well, we don't have those kind of families in our neighborhood. Look at this statistic study. It says a white teenage girl from an advantaged background is five times more likely to become a teen mother if she grows up in a single mother household than if she grows up in a household with both biological parents. Why is that? Because dads provide security to young girls. And when dad's not there to provide security, they find a boy or a young man that comes into their life and says, hey, I'll be security for you. And it's often it's not the security that they need. And they get in these situations. Again, we're not excusing the sin, but they get in these situations and then they don't know where to go. And oftentimes it results in abortion or they're, they're by themselves because that boy runs off and they end up being a single mom at a young age. This is what's going on. This is what's happening in our country. Education. In studies involving over 25,000 children using national representative data sets, children who, lived, children who lived with only one parent had lower grade point averages, lower college aspirations, poor attendance records, and higher dropout rates than students who lived with both parents. You know, if they don't do good in school, if they, they, they don't end up graduating from high school, a lot of times they're going to rely on your tax dollars because they're not going to get a job. It happens a lot. And so you're thinking, well, how does this affect me? Well, it's affecting the crime in your neighborhoods. It's affecting abortion. It's affecting your tax dollars. It's, it's affecting you in one way or another. 
So I want to encourage you to do something positive about it and, and help with this situation. Will you, will you get involved today? Will you reach out to these families? Suicide, three out of four teenage suicides occur in a household where a parent has been absent. Isn't that shocking? Three out of four teenage suicides occur in a household where a parent has been absent. Addictions and mental illness. Fatherless children are at a dramatically greater risk of drug and alcohol abuse, mental illness, suicide, poor education performance, teen pregnancy, and criminality. Notice it says mental illness in there. A lot of times we over-medicate some of these kids. Now, sometimes they do need medicine for a chemical imbalance and, and, and physical issues. Sometimes they do need that. Sometimes they just need somebody to love them and help guide them on, the, on a path of success and say, hey, I care about you, I believe in you. Sometimes that's enough medication. And you could be that person to help them on their journey. I wanna encourage you to get involved in reaching these families. Now, maybe you're thinking to yourself, thanks a lot, Sean. It's Sunday morning, I came here for some hope, and now I'm stressed and depressed. Maybe that's what you're thinking. I, I wanna encourage you, don't, don't leave stressed and depressed because there is hope. There is hope for these families. There's hope in the local church. There's hope through us as Christians doing something about it. Will you get involved? Will you reject apathy? The second thing is, if you wanna help these families out, the second thing is remit compassion. Let compassion flow through your life out to this lost and dying world. Okay, that this, there's, who's the ultimate picture of compassion? Tell me who the ultimate, who's, who's the ultimate picture of compassion? It's a pretty easy answer. Jesus, right? Jesus Christ is the ultimate picture of compassion. The Bible says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Jesus had joy to die on the cross for you and for me. Isn't that amazing? He had joy to die on the cross for us. That, that, that verse kind of blows my mind because it's like, he had joy to die on a cross? Yeah, because he loved us so much. And God loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son, right? He loved us so much that he sent Jesus to die on the cross for us. It's an amazing amount of love. That's compassion. That's an amazing thing. You know, if you're in here this morning and you've never been saved before, I want to encourage you to, get, to trust in Jesus as your Savior. I was volunteering as a, as a youth director at a church in Pennsylvania. And this... Uh, had this, this guy got up. He was, he was actually the, the, the guy that was volunteering as the youth director before I was there. And they wanted me to take over when I came, which is volunteering. I wasn't on staff. And I had asked him, I said, hey, would you share your testimony with the, the youth group? And he looked at me and he looked at, looked at them and he said something like this. He said, I just have always gone to church. He said, I never really made a decision to follow Jesus. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says, you know, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, right? We've got to call upon Jesus to save you. These church walls cannot save you. Sitting in a church seat cannot save you. It's by putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Our sin separates us from God, but it's by us believing that Jesus died on the cross, that he rose again, and it's by us putting our faith and trust in Jesus Christ that we get saved and we trust in Jesus as our Savior. That's how we can know for sure we're going to go to heaven when we die. If you've never made that decision before, what are you waiting for? If you have, though, I want to ask you, how's it going? Are you, you know, we can become stagnant in our faith, can't we? Anybody ever get stagnant in your faith? Raise your hand. Everybody's hand should be raised. We've all gotten stagnant in our faith where we're like, I don't really feel like doing it. You're right. We've gotten like that. Or we've gotten a little backslid. Sometimes that happens. It happens. And I want to encourage you to keep moving forward in your faith. Keep growing in your faith. But sometimes that happens. Who in here has ever heard of Spider-Man before? Raise your hand. You're like, this guy's talking about Spider-Man? Yes, I am. Who's heard of Spider-Man? Everybody's hands should be raised. We, we've all heard of Spider-Man. Okay, Spider-Man got bit by what? What's Spider-Man got bit by? 
Uh, my daughter answered the question. So, okay, now everybody together. Spider-Man got bit by a spider. Okay, so Spider-Man got bit by a spider, and because he, he's Spider-Man, he's able to shoot what? Webs. My daughter, okay, now everybody, he's able to shoot what? She's heard this before, okay. And so Spider-Man, a bit by a spider, and because he's a spider, he's able to shoot webs. Now picture this. Spider-Man goes home. He sits in his living room, and he's relaxing. And he's like, man, this is great. I have these powers now. I can do this now. And he's like, I'm going to watch a Batman movie. And he sits there, and he watches a Batman movie, just relaxing. Now what do you call it here, pop or soda? Pop? Okay, you my people. That's Pennsylvania. That's what we called it too. Then I moved to Florida. They messed me all up. Started calling it soda. I'm all confused now. But anyways, pop is my roots. But anyways, so uh, I, uh, you know, Spider-Man sitting in his living room. He gets thirsty. And he's like, you know what? I could really use a pop. And so he shoots a web into the kitchen, opens up the fridge, shoots another web, pulls out a pop, and he's sitting there just drinking his pop, just relaxing. And then he thinks to himself, you know what? I'm so much better than Batman. That's what he thinks. Don't argue with me. That's Spider-Man's opinion. He's like, I'm so much better than Batman. He said, I just, I don't even want to watch this anymore. And so then he goes out to his backyard and he's like, I've never been able to dunk a basketball before. So he, he goes out and he's, he's out in his backyard and, and he goes and he shoots a web up to the back, backboard, pulls himself up, he dunks the ball. What a horrible Spider-Man movie that would be, right? Are you with me? Because Spider-Man's supposed to be out doing what? Saving people, fighting crime, helping people, right? And the thing is, that's the same thing with us as Christians. We, get, we, we trust in Jesus as our Savior. We get filled with the power of the Holy Spirit upon our lives. And a lot of times we just keep it to ourselves as a ticket out of hell. Instead of going into this, this lost and dying world and spreading hope and letting the light of Jesus shine through us, right? Letting the love of God flow through our lives out to this world. A lot of times we cap it off and we say, okay, good, I'm good. You know, I got saved. I don't have to go to hell when I die, so that's good. I want to encourage you, don't be like the bad Spider-Man, okay? Go into this world and help people that are hurting. Encourage them. Let compassion flow through your life. Now, maybe you're still thinking, well, why should I care about the fatherless? Well, I'm going to skip through these for sake of time, but Psalm 68.5 says, A father of the fatherless and a judge of the widows is God in his holy habitation. God cares about the fatherless. He says he's a father to the fatherless in his holy habitation. Do you think he cares about them? Do you think he loves them? Do you think we should care about them too? If God says he's a father to the fatherless, Psalm 146.9 says, the Lord preserveth the strangers. He relieveth the fatherless. I want to ask you, how are they going to find relief if we don't go and reach them like God told us to in the Great Commission by going and reaching and making disciples, Right? How are they going to find relief if we don't tell them about him, teach them about him? This is the, the, what God wants us to do. He wants to be their father, but we as Christians have to bring them to him. Will you reach out to the fatherless in your circle of influence? James 1.27 says, Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. It's a pure religious practice for you and for me to visit the fatherless. To visit means to look upon in order to help or to benefit. It's not a one-time thing. It's you and I visiting the fatherless and saying, hey, we're here for you. We care about you. We want to help you on your journey. I want to ask you, will you practice pure religion? James 1.27 tells us all about it. Practicing pure religion and reaching these families and saying, I'm going to help these families out. I'm going to encourage them. Widows there in that verse in James 1.27, if he's talking about a woman who's lost her husband, if you look at the root of it, he's talking about a woman who's lost her husband due to death or abandonment. A lot of times that's a single mom. 
right? Single moms that need some hope, that need some encouragement on their journey. If you're a single mom, I want to encourage you to let people help you and your family. Sometimes there could pride can come up and say, well, no, we got this, we're fine. No, let people help you. Let the local church come alongside you. Let people get involved. Obviously, it needs to be a safe situation. You know, make sure it's a safe situation with, if there's a, a, a man that wants to help. Make sure it's a safe situation. Make sure you're, it's a good situation where there, there's people around, things like that. You just have to do that. You have to protect your kids, but also make sure that they get involved in things where they can be around men and be around Christian couples and stuff like that. It'll help their life. It'll help encourage them. You saw in the video, I had several in my church that did that for my life, and that helped me, put me on a path of success. Do the same thing for your kids as well. You know, I want to encourage you to, to reject apathy and let compassion flow through your life, but you can't stop there, okay? You can't just say, oh, I'm not here this morning. I didn't travel all this way and, and, and come here for you to say, oh, these poor little fatherless kids, right? Did you ever see that commercial where that lady's singing, in the eyes of an angel, fly away? Did you ever see that commercial? That's terrible. My voice is terrible. I can't even sing it. But she sings that song, and there's dogs crying. Did you ever see that commercial on TV? Raise your hand if you ever seen that commercial. These dogs are crying, and you turn the channel really fast because you want to see it, right? I, I've done it before, too. And you're like, I don't want to see that because it's sad. Well, I'm not here this morning representing dogs. I'm here representing children, families, people. I want to encourage you, don't turn the channel. You know, if you come here this morning and you, you, you hear all these statistics, you hear all these scriptures, and, and you, you get the Holy Spirit leads you to, to reach somebody, and you just kind of walk out of these doors, you'd be like one of those movies you watch. You ever watch one of those movies that just ends? Did you ever watch a movie that just ends? Where there's a battle scene, and you're like, man, somebody's going to win. Somebody, something's going to happen here. And then all of a sudden, the credits roll. Who hates movies like that, right? Or they're about to fall in love, and oh, they're going to fall in love. They're going to get married. And then at the end of the movie, nothing happens. Who hates a movie like that? Raise your hand if you hate movies like that. Complete opposite from every Hallmark movie ever made. You with me? Every Hallmark movie is the same, right? A guy or a girl goes to a small town, don't they? they? They come from the big city. They're dating that big city boyfriend or girlfriend attorney, aren't they? By... And then the movie, they, they, they go in this small town and they see this guy, or this country boy or country girl, and they think to themselves, I can't stand you. I hate you at first, right? Beginning of the movie. But then they have a job to do. They have to save a cafe or save a factory in the movie, right? Every single homework movie ever made. So then by the end of the movie, they have to, they have to, uh, they, they, they dump the big city boyfriend or girlfriend. They fall in love with that country boy or country girl, don't they? They say, hey, right? And then they, they save that cafe or save that factory. Every homework movie ever made. I hate Hallmark movies, okay? I'm just being honest. My wife loves them. Who loves them in here? Who loves Hallmark movies? It's okay. Don't be ashamed. I don't like them but because they're so predictable. But I'm talking about the unpredictable where the movie just ends. I want to encourage you, don't be like that movie where it just ends, where the story just ends today. I want to encourage you not to, not to just reject apathy, not to just have compassion. The third thing is react with a plan. Will you do something? Will you reach into their life and help the families that God has placed around you? This is not something that, that has to be complicated. The devil's gonna lie to you right now and he's gonna say that you're too young, you're too old, you're, you don't have enough money, you don't have enough time, somebody else will help them. Tell the devil to be quiet and reach the people that are around you that you know need some hope, that need some help, that need some encouragement. Look what this man did in this passage here. In this passage, he... he uh, it shows us what the Samaritan man did. Verse 34, it says, and he went to him. They say if you don't do anything within the first 48 hours of caring about an issue, 
then you probably won't do anything. So between now and Tuesday morning, I want to encourage you to reach out to the people that God's placing in your heart. If you're thinking, well, God, God doesn't lead me, hasn't led me to anybody yet, start praying for people that God will lead you to. Ask God to help and guide you on how you can start getting involved in this. I'm not here to ask you to, to reach every single fatherless kid across the United States of America or even in the city of Warsaw. I'm here to ask you, will you reach one? Will you encourage one kid? Will you get involved in one ministry to help the fatherless? Will you get involved in the ministry that the church has here, the Father's Heart Ministry? Will you reach out to these, these families and, and be involved and, and do what you can? Reach one kid or reach one family or get involved in the ministry. Help these families out. Do what you can. So, and went to him, and then he bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine. He used his own resources to help him heal, in verse 34, and, and sent him in his own beast and brought him to an end. He gave him transportation, gave him lodging. These are basic needs that he provided to this guy. He used his own resources and helped him out. And it said he, he took care of him. And it says in verse 35 how, how he even took care of him the next, uh, while he was gonna be gone, he told, told him, I'll take care of the bill. You take care of this guy. He helped him while he was gonna be gone. I wanna tell you this morning, I would not be standing in front of you today if it wasn't for the people that God brought into my life to help put me on a path of success. I'm so thankful for those people. I would not be standing in front of you today if it wasn't for those people. I'm so thankful for them, like I said. Will you do something to reach out to the people around you? It's not always gonna be a success story. And I'm not a perfect person by any means, but God brought me through it. And he can bring through the people that you have in your life that you wanna help. I wanna encourage you if, you, if one of them doesn't listen, go to the next one. Reach out to people. I had one guy tell me, well, I already tried to help somebody one time and he, he rejected me. Go to another one. Judas, you know, Judas rejected Jesus, right? Go and help and, and reach out and continue to reach people. <laughs> continue to reach people. Continue to move forward. Just because one of the people around you that you tried to help rejected you, go to the next. Go to the next. Go to the next. Do what you can. Reach out to them. As we close, I want to tell you this. I want you to see this, verse 36. It says, which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, he that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, go and do thou likewise. You know, you gotta understand this. Fodless ministry is not a complicated ministry. It's very practical and basic. It's a person taking what resources they have, what knowledge they have, what skills they have, what tools they have, and investing them in someone else. I wanna ask you, who invested in your life? Who helped you? And the reason you're here this morning, somebody helped you, or maybe it was just God showed up in your life and that's enough. But will you help somebody else or will you bring God into somebody else's life? Will you get involved in reaching out to them? Will you pay it forward to somebody else? Will you go and do that likewise? Let's have a word of prayer and I'll turn the service over to Pastor Reg. Heavenly Father, I thank you for allowing us to come here this morning, Lord. I thank you for the individuals that came here. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to their hearts about the individuals they need to reach, Lord. Guide them on who to help, how they can get involved. Guide them on, on what plan they can make. God, I pray that you'd help us all to do our part. Help us not to get overwhelmed by all the different people around us. So, there's so many people we could reach out to. Help us to focus on the ones that we can reach and do what we can. God, we love you. We thank you for this day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.